0: He made a valley of grace Where things would change And maybe they take up the cross high again The valley of grace Was never the same After He had died The love that refined sense trying to do it on my own
1: Good morning. Welcome to Healing Our Brokenness. And today we are recording episode 23 Sabotaging Our Healing. When we think of the word sabotage, it suggests the following, getting in the way, damaging, intentionally interrupting, presenting something from taking place. When we think of sabotaging healing, it means that we are harming or preventing our healing from taking place. Since the rewards of healing is astronomical, why would we want to prevent ourselves from doing it? There are several reasons why. We're afraid to face the pain. We don't want the work. We don't want to use our free time to do it. We really don't want to be free because we've been in bondage for so long. And so the bondage that we know is better than the freedom that we don't. There are several ways that we sabotage our healing. And the first is that we sabotage our healing with busyness and instability. We will fill up our days from morning till night. Being busy so they we won't have to sit down long enough to even feel. If we work outside the home, we spend hours shopping after work before going home. If we work inside the home, or our stay-at-home parents, we make sure that we are busy from morning to night. We think that we can outsmart our mind and emotions. And I have been guilty of doing this myself. What I notice is that usually one of three things will happen. And situation number one is that when we finally lay down to go to bed, our minds are going 100 miles per hour with anxiety. We start going over and over all of the things that we did during that day. Our feelings start going out of control. Our past starts knocking on our door. Unhealed brokenness starts bleeding out. Obtrusive thoughts start settling in. Then we end up not being able to go to sleep for hours. And I mean several hours because our minds are trying to process everything that we didn't allow it to process during the day. Several days of this can turn into several weeks. And several weeks of this can turn into several months. And if we didn't have trauma before, there is definitely a chance of developing it. And if we do have it, of it being worsened by this type of cycle. We can only go so many days like this. Our bodies can't sustain this lifestyle without breaking down. And situation number two is we cunk out as soon as our heads hit the pillow because we haven't processed anything. We are running on empty in every area. We keep putting off dealing with certain things until they are a must. And when we have to deal with it, we end up shutting down or having a complete emotional meltdown tantrum. And this can play out at work, school, home, church, wherever. When we are on emotional and mental overload, there is no way to control when and where it will come out. And even now, I have to remind myself to take a break from work, give myself 30 minutes to lie down and think about nothing. This became an issue for me after the trauma that occurred within the last seven years. And believe it or not, as soon as I begin to relax, I can feel emotions coming up. I also like to take the time to have what I call my reflection time in the morning when I wake up, before I get going for the day. If I am in a rush, And I have to leave out an emotional mess for backed up grief. My emotions only intensify as the day goes on. And then, situation number three is we become consistently inconsistent at everything. Our lack of structure gets in the way of our healing. And when we are all over the place, Our minds are all over the place. And then our lives and our relationships are all over the place. So, those are the three things that usually happen when we're sabotaging with busyness and instability. And now I am moving on to the area of sabotaging our healing by allowing shame and perception of others to reign above God. And this is also one thing that I am guilty of having to watch myself on because I have allowed Satan to come in into this area. I've already walked through the steps of becoming vulnerable. However, the vulnerability of being able to ugly face cry in front of others is still a new thing for me. And what happens is that if I allow my brokenness of perfectionism and the shame of the perfectionism, shame, friendship to take over and mm-hmm. kick in, then I am more tempted to want to hold off sharing with my life-giving friends or therapists about what is going on now or a situation that happened in the past. I get caught up wondering what the person will think of me, how I will be perceived, and the list goes on and on. And I also get caught up wondering whether or not I will possibly Lose it or have an ugly face cry in front of others. I have to remind myself, these are safe people. And if I cry, so what? I am human. We're all broken. And just like I have issues of unhealed brokenness, or if it's healed brokenness and it's still something that I'm struggling with off and on, other people have the same thing. And as well, we're answering to God. We're not answering to other people. Satan will try whatever way that he can to discourage us from being vulnerable. Vulnerability in a safe environment with time and space chips away at the stone of shame. And that is what Satan is trying to prevent us from being able to do. Number three is that we sabotage our healing by surrounding ourselves with clutter. We fill up every nick and cranny of our homes and our cars with clutter, and it prevents us from gaining clarity about anything. It prevents us from having structure and a space to feel. We also have problems making decisions because the clutter is serving as an emotional problem and comfort pacifier. As soon as the clutter starts being lifted, then we can be tempted to go back again. Our addictions take the place of feeling the hurt and pain that we are holding and keeping at bay. Being surrounded by excessive clutter takes the place of being able to dig into our feelings. And therefore, we often go back to our addictions. The pain becomes too much to bear. And instead of pressing in, we press out to comfort. Lastly, we sabotage our healing by refusing to do what we're told to do. If our therapists, coaches, coaches, friends pastors or others give us godly counsel in regard to our behavior we've already come up with 50 excuses as to why we can't begin to make changes we are intent on doing it the way that we want to do it and however nine times out of ten our way isn't going to work if it was we would have started making changes and it's just that simple the truth hurts but it's the truth And Naaman went to see Elijah in order to be healed from leprosy. And he almost sabotaged his own healing because he didn't want to do what he was told. He wanted Elisha to come out and do a powerful healing ceremony. He thought that he was too good to stoop to Elisha's healing instructions. Elisha instructed him to wash in the Jordan seven times. He finally did it with some prodding from his servant. But he definitely wasn't happy about it. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And I'm reading from 2 Kings 5. Elijah sent a messenger to say to him, go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Barpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and he went off into a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, If the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleaned? So he went down and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Naaman almost missed out on his healing because he wanted it his way. What happens when we want things our way? We miss out on everything God has to offer and even more. God uses wise people to lead us to make wise decisions. However, he would not beg us to do our part. So what is the solution to combating sabotage? Desiring a life that thrives over a life of stagnancy. No one, and I do mean no one, can give us the desire and the motivation to want to heal. Unfortunately, there is no magic formula that I can tell you. I can't give it to you. The comfort is that Jesus would be there with us in the fire. We can teach our kids about healing, about living a life of thriving, about coming out a revolving door of stagnancy. And we can leave a legacy behind that stops the generational sins of our fathers If you're ready to heal from trauma or any brokenness and you're tired of this sabotage cycle, check out brokenpieces.teachable.com for two courses. The first one is Broken Pieces from Survival Mode to the Life of Thriving. And the second course is Declutter Your Home, Declutter Your Mind and Declutter Your Life. Thank you for listening to episode 23, Sabotaging Our Healingness. And having, I'm hoping that you're having a wonderful Friday and a blessed resurrection weekend. God bless.
0: instead of burn and perish away in nights never so cold without his grace how could i say that i've seen the world from his great love how could i know grace where things would change and maybe they'd take up the cross high again the valley of grace never was the same after he had died the love that refines upon my ears and I won't go back the way it was again